Welcome, everybody, to another edition of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. Before we get into the show, a little addition here for the show. As we were recording, Brooke was covering the Blackhawks game, so she only had so much time to spend with us, but we didn't get into the chance, or we didn't have a chance to get into the conversation about the Oilers trade with Matthias Ekholm. So we're going to do that right now. Today, the trade between the Nashville Predators and the Edmonton Oilers went down officially. Matthias Ekholm will be joining the Edmonton Oilers. Going to the Nashville Predators is Tyson Berry, uh, prospect Reed Schaefer, a 2023 third-round pick and a uh, fourth-round pick, I think it is, in 2024. So big, big trade for the Edmonton Oilers. They're going to be getting Matthias Ekholm into their lineup uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Wednesday night, which is going to be interesting for them. A trade that makes them much better defensively than they were before. They did have to give up Tyson Berry, who is the quarterback of the number one power play in the NHL. So that is a very interesting trade today that we wanted to make sure that we mentioned before we got into the rest of the show when Brooke and I uh, get down to the business of talking about all the trades that happened here on Tuesday, February 28th, 2023. So wanted to make sure that we mentioned that one. Matthias Ekholm goes from the Nashville Predators to the Edmonton Oilers, making the Oilers a much better defensive team. I do not think that the Oilers are done. There is more cooking here. There is some more cap space. There is some holes still on this lineup. They could potentially need a right-handed defenseman uh, to kind of fill in for Tyson Berry if Evan Bouchard is not the guy to take that role. They might need a depth winger, maybe somebody for their top six, depending on what kind of money Ken Holland can make work here and how he'll use trades, other teams, retention and salary to make it all work. But I think you're going to expect some more from the Oilers here before Friday. So we're going to keep our eyes open for that one. But I wanted to make sure that I mentioned it before we got into the regular show. Anyway, here you go. Uh, This is episode 27 of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast with Brooke and Jim from NHLTradeTalk.com. We hope you enjoy Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. My name is Jim Parsons here with NHLTradeTalk.com, thehockeywriters.com. As always with Brooke Laferno, uh, who is kind enough to join us in between the intermissions of the Chicago Blackhawks game. Uh, one that she says the Blackhawks are sort of going through the motions, which makes a lot of sense considering the trade that went down today and was official of Patrick King going to the New York Rangers. Brooke, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. And it looks like we're staying busier because we recorded yesterday and now we're right back on the saddle. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know what? We knew there would be some trades leading into Friday, but it's kind of ridiculous, actually, how many trades there have been in the last couple days. When you think about usually it's Thursday or Friday, like the last two days of the deadline is when most of the action is. And I still expect that we're going to see a handful of trades. Like when we look back at this at the end of it and you know, James Duffy or whomever runs the one on sports that does their thing and runs through all the numbers of how many trades there were, it's going to be right up there, if not higher than what we normally would see. And that's a shocker, I suppose, considering what the salary cap was supposed to do to the deadline this year. But there's been a lot of action early on, and it is every day there's been three, four major trades that we have to talk about. And today, Tuesday, was very, very busy. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're going to run through some of what happened today. Sometimes some will spend a little longer on some we won't go into too much detail on because they probably in comparison aren't massive deals, but uh, we'll talk about them. So the first one uh, that we should probably cover, I'll sort of steer this one. And I know you have some interest in him. And you said to me in our message today that you were a little disappointed that Chicago didn't take mm-hmm. a bigger run at him. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi or Jesse Pugliarvi goes from the Edmonton Oilers to the Carolina Hurricanes. 
which seems very fitting considering that the knock on Pugliarvi is he's really got good underlying advanced analytic numbers, but never scores, which is kind of Carolina. You know, that's their whole mm-hmm. team. They're very good at pushing the river, pushing the offense, but they don't score. The biggest knock on them is they can't seem to put the goal or the puck in the net. So Pugliarvi joins them, which seems absolutely fitting. Uh, lots of finished players on the Carolina Hurricanes team, so I'm sure he'll fit right in. And the Oilers get Patrick Pistola uh, back, who probably won't be playing. He's a pending UFA on June 1st. I don't know if they're even attending on signing him. This was a salary cap dump. They moved all $3 million to the Carolina Hurricanes, who had tons of cap space to do this. So what do you think of the trade? You had mentioned you were kind of like, ah, it's too bad that Blackhawks didn't take a run at Pugliarvi. Do you still feel that way? Yes, I do, actually, because I thought he'd make a good depth piece even going into the season, even when Patrick Kane and everyone was still there. I thought it kind of made sense. The Blackhawks really need talent right now. All they're kind of banking on is draft picks. So I thought it would make sense. And then when I saw Carolina got him, one, I thought it was a good trade for Carolina. I was like, oh, that's actually a pretty good depth piece. I think he might fit in well there. But yeah, I was a little disappointed because I think, obviously, I think we all knew he needed a change of scenery. And I thought maybe the Blackhawks could be a good um destination for him to kind of I don't know maybe if a rebuild like that is going to regain his confidence but maybe it could I don't know I just I was maybe thinking they might want to take a chance on someone like him that still maybe had a lot to prove and obviously already has um an NHL history so yeah I'm a little disappointed but I think it's a good fit for Carolina I like that a lot for them actually I think Carolina might be one of the few teams that Pugliarvi could actually sort of rebound and turn things around the mm-hmm. the thing with him is when he's enjoying himself and he's having a lot of fun and you can tell that he's having a lot of fun he plays better hockey like mm-hmm. he's one of those those kids those players i mean he's still a kid um that when he's having a good time he plays quite well when he doesn't seem to feel like he fits in when he doesn't seem to have a spot on the roster that's guaranteed to him when he doesn't feel like the coach has confidence in him he doesn't play very well like that's mm-hmm. just the reality so i think if he goes to a team like carolina where he's got a lot of finish um, you know, players there that he can sort of mesh with where they probably will use them because Carolina can experiment here. They have all sorts of cap space and room to try this out to see what happens. And if nothing else, Pugliarvi has already said that he, he and his agent said to Ken Holland that he was willing to, to sign another deal. He just wasn't willing to do it in Edmonton for like 1.5 million, which is what Ken mm-hmm. Holland was offering him to stick around. Um, right. He said like, I, I'll, I'll want to keep you. I just not going to pay you the $3 million qualifying offer that you're going to be due. I'll give you like one and a half. We'll sign like another year. We'll see how it goes. And he's like, we're okay with that, but we're just going to do it somewhere else. So mm-hmm. he's going to go to Carolina. And if it doesn't pan out here this season, he's going to sign a cheap deal to stay there and try it again. And so he's going to get the chance to try to figure this out. So this could be interesting for them. I do hope that he plays well. I do hope that he turns it around and finds his game. I had a lot of high hopes for Pugliarvi. I do think there's an element of his game that he just isn't, what everybody thinks he's going to be. He's not the second coming of Valerie Nichushkin. Uh I don't <laughs> see that happening, which is what people around here think he will turn into. Um, but I don't know if it's going to happen. So we'll see. Uh, but that was an Oilers precursor because what happened after that, and we'll get to this one after we talk to you about the player that you know really well, um, they cleared out 3 million bucks. So we knew right away something's happening. Something's cooking yeah. in Edmonton. And we found out later on in the afternoon what exactly that was. But before we get there, Let's talk about the trade that was rumored, but then took a couple hours to become official. Patrick Kane goes to the New York Rangers for a 2023 conditional second round pick and a 2023 fourth round pick. I asked you on the last show what you thought the return was going to look like. And you was like, it's going to be super disappointing. It's going to be like nothing. Is this what you figured this would be? Um, 
Yes, I think, yeah, it was expected that it was going to be underwhelming. I think what was originally thought was it might have been even a third and fourth round pick originally for Kane. So actually the fact that it's a conditional second, um, that could be a first, obviously, if they Mm -hmm. make the Eastern Conference final, I think is okay. Um, But I think at this point, anything for Patrick Kane, I think even the general manager, Kyle Davidson, alluded to that, that really there's not going to be a package that's going to even be substantial enough for the player that Patrick Kane has been to the Blackhawks. So, yeah, it was underwhelming for sure, but it it was what it was. And I guess for the circumstances surrounding it, meaning the Blackhawks had no leverage, we all know that, it's okay. I guess we'll take the the second and the fourth. (laughs) Well, to be honest with you, I mean, you asked me at the end of the last show if I thought the Rangers were would be a favorite if they added Patrick Kane. And I said, well, I don't know if they're a favorite, but they're right up there. I believe there's a really good chance to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, there's no reason they can't. They're stuck. Uh-huh. Now, the Eastern Conference is super, super talented. Like, that's a very deep conference. So there's just as good a chance that they get bounced in the first round as there is if they go through. But if they go through, I think they could absolutely make it to the Eastern Conference final. If that becomes a first round pick for Patrick Kane, that's pretty good. You know, like right. the Blackhawks have a lot of picks now. Like they are stocked. There's so mm-hmm. many picks that they can they can do what they want to do. How do you think Patrick Kane's going to fit in with the Rangers? Do you think it's going to be like a glove or Timmy Panarin and Patrick Kane go to town and, and kick things off? Like how do you think this is going to go? So... I'm not just saying this because I'm on the other side of the spectrum, but it's usually teams like that that almost look too super teamish or teams that almost look too good to be true usually don't end up that way. <laughs> like, I thought this way about the Calgary Flames heading into the season. I was like, okay, they're building up, and I actually had them as the Stanley Cup champion, and they kind of showed they don't really yeah. mesh very well. So I think they have the potential to be really, really good and for Kane to really be that missing piece there. But I guess we don't know until, I guess, their chemistry um, is seen. But the one thing they have in their favor is Panarin. The fact that Kane and Panarin have already played together. They know each other well. They actually were probably the best influences on each other's career uh, when they played together. So that's something they actually have in their corner. And that's one chemistry um, pairing that they actually know could work. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do think he could be the missing piece uh, to the New York, but I guess we just don't know. But like I said, I do have concerns that teams that look too good to be true usually don't pan out, even with the best intentions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of time between when Panarin and Kane last played together. So we have to take that into account too, right? Like these two players, it's probably not fair for me to say this about Panarin because he's still really, really good. These players aren't necessarily in their prime, right? Like these, Kane's kind of, Really still good, but he's yeah. he's going down a little bit. Panarin's still really solid, and he's probably still in some of his prime years. But when they were playing in Chicago together, like they were really good. Panarin was on the uprise. He was becoming the player that we all know him to be now. Patrick Kane was Patrick Kane. Like it was really mm-hmm. good. So we'll see if they're able to pick that up again. Like it's been some time, right? So there's going to be chemistry for sure. But can they produce the same kind of numbers? Maybe I don't know. We'll see. It'll be yeah. really really interesting. Uh, I don't know a ton, to be totally honest, about Marcus Johansson, but that was a trade that happened today. Uh, He goes from the Washington Capitals to the Minnesota Wild for a 2024 third-round pick. Uh, I don't have a ton. More for me, Minnesota kind of does something. We were sort of waiting for that shoe to drop to see what the Wild would do because they have a ton of cap space, and all they've done so far was kind of use it to be third-party brokers for for other teams to make Mm -hmm. trades, and they hadn't really added their own uh, sort of players to do anything. And we figured Washington would sell and they moved Johansson to the wild. You got any thoughts on that one? 
from watching the Wild, um, obviously because they're in the Blackhawks division, it seemed like Marcus Johansson was actually, I don't want to say maybe fan favorite, but it did seem like he was pretty well liked in Minnesota. I will say that. And considering that he has 28 points in 60 games, yeah, I think he's a serviceable forward. I don't really know exactly where the value comes in because I do think the wild could have kept them and could have used them. So I don't really know exactly how that's supposed to work out for Washington. Cause like you said, I don't know. We still don't know what Washington's doing. They're kind of selling, kind of buying. I don't even really know, but point is I do think that might be a good move for Washington if they still, you know, want to continue to try to make a run here, even though they've been kind of struggling a little bit, but yeah, point is I actually like Johansson. He's a good uh, depth forward. I think. Yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see what Washington does here because they they don't want to rebuild. They don't want to sell like crazy because they got Ovechkin and they promised him that they're not going to dump. They signed yeah. Nick Jensen today, which was a player, a defenseman that many people thought might be moved. Uh, they moved Orloff. We kind of figured, well, maybe they'll flip and try to do something else to replace Dimitri Orloff. So I, we don't know yet exactly what Washington's doing. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of action around that team, whether it's signing their own guys or moving pieces and getting new people in. But they are going to try to stay as competitive as they can stay because they've got this Ovechkin record in the background that he's trying to break the goal record. And you can't dump that team while you've got Ovechkin on your roster trying to do this. So uh, right. it, it will be very interesting to see what they do. Toronto uh, makes a ton of moves. And speaking of the Capitals, they picked up a pretty good defenseman today. Well, at least the potential of a pretty good defenseman. And Rasmus Sandin, they give up a first rounder to get him and Eric Gustafson. Um, but Toronto, this was the first of them making some more moves today. Kyle Dubas, I got blasted on Twitter this week for a comment that I made about how, you know, I given Kyle Dubas props for what he was doing. And we talked about this on the last show. And I said, when my argument was he's doing what he should be doing with the LTIR, but we cannot forget that because he's got this LTIR that he's able to do these moves that he's done so far. Then all of a sudden he starts making moves today where there's no real LTIR involved. He's just starting to move players around. So he sends Rasmus Sandin to Washington. He, he moves Pierre Engvall to the New York Islanders. And we know something's coming. Kyle Dubas is picking up a first round pick here. Something else is going to be dropping here in Toronto. Don't know exactly what it's going to be. We're hearing maybe Alex Kerfoot, but we don't know if that's going to happen or not. So what do you make of Kyle Dubas's action today? Like this, there's memes all over the place of multiple hands of his with a phone up to his ear. He's got all yeah. this, like, he's been busy. This guy has been so all credit to Kyle Dubas, everybody who chewed me out on Twitter for saying that we shouldn't start the parade for him yet. I have, I do want to say, I always contend to this. He is a very creative, aggressive, busy guy. And mm-hmm. he proved that again today. He's not done making moves. He is really going all in with this team and shuffling things around and trying to build this roster as best he can for a push here. Cause this may be the last opportunity he's mm-hmm. got. Cause he doesn't have a contract uh, after this season. So what do you make of what he did today? I really like that screw it attitude of, you know what, whatever, I'm just going to go for it. Cause you know what? I got nothing to lose. Like this team should make it past the first round and they should compete, but for some reason they just haven't been able to. And I know some people were concerned about all the draft picks they're sending away or the ones they don't have, but honestly, you got to do kind of what Tampa Bay does. You just kind of have to go for it while your window is open because it closes very fast. But I will say, I think I saw a lot of people questioning about their defense right now. It's like they're loading up on defense but now it's like there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Like something else has to be going on here. With Eric Gustafson, 
I don't know if he's actually going to play for Toronto or if Kyle Dubas is wanting to flip him for a forward. I don't know where exactly that comes in because I'm very familiar with Eric Gustafson. He's had a good year, but he's not always the greatest defensively. He does have some kind of deficiencies in that area, uh, but he kind of reminds me of his 2018-19 self where he kind of just blew up uh, with 60 points during that season. So he can be very good offensively, but like I said, sometimes defense, he kind of struggles. So I'm interested to see if he actually really wants to use him or is just trying to take advantage of the situation while his value is high at the moment. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Toronto went and picked up Luke Shen today from the Vancouver Canucks as well, right? So they picked up him as a defenseman who I'm assuming is going to play a depth role, kind of slot in there and be the physicals, you know, hitting presence that they're mm-hmm. going to need in the playoffs. I assume he'll play uh, on a regular shift and a regular rotation for the defense. So I don't know exactly what Kyle Dubas has up his sleeve. He still has, if we're looking at the cap friendly right now, deadline cap space, 4.7, just over 4.7 million. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to something's he's there's some names out there still. Right. Like, I don't know if he's going after Jacob Chicken or anything like that, but there are certainly people that he's not shy about swinging here. So I don't know what it is that he's he's got kind of on the move and what he's planning on doing. But you're right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, he's got nine, nine different defensemen in a regular rotation here. So something's probably going to give. Right. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens here. What uh, before we close things off, let's get back to the game. What's going to happen here that we haven't seen yet? Like we're thinking to ourselves, man, oh man, there's a lot of names coming off this board and they continue to keep moving. And we have what, three more days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to -hmm. see what other trades could be. Do you think things will slow down? Do you think we'll continue to see this action at this kind of pace? Like is everybody all, are the worries that these trade deadline shows on networks like TSN and Sportsnet and the NHL, are they all going to be like super boring because there's nothing happening that day? Or do you think there's enough action that these shows will still be like, wow, this was busy? Well, Chikrin and Gavrikov are still on the board. So that's really, I think, our biggest hope for the kind of busyness or insaneness of the trade deadline. I was a little worried that, I know people were joking, like it seems like everyone's making moves right now. We're not going to have anything on Friday. But I still think there is going to be a lot of last minute um, shockers there. I'm still, like I said, laughing about the fact that it's like Matias Ekholm goes and all these guys are going and Chikrin, Jacob Chikrin is still sitting there and has been sitting there, it seems like since last year. It's just, it's funny to me, but I don't see this slowing down. It seems like Patrick Kane, ironically, was that weird domino. It seemed like after they announced that he got moved, Everyone started moving. I don't know what the kind of deal was there, but yeah, I don't expect I don't expect it to slow down. Actually, I think maybe people expected it to to slow down after there was a little bit of silence after Ryan O'Reilly, and then it just never did. So I'm excited though. I think I don't think anyone expected the trade deadline to be this insane. So I'm excited to see what else we're gonna um, see here. Yeah, because you're right. There's Jacob Chikrin, there's Gavrikov, there's Brock Besser out of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like Eric Carlson's going to be going anywhere out of San yeah. Jose, but that isn't entirely dead. You never know what could happen with that one. John Klingberg out of Anaheim, Shane Gossespierre out of Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Matt Dumba has been talked about. I believe James, James Van Riemsdyk, something might be close on him. My concern with that one is maybe the teams that are interested in him might find themselves out of the playoffs and then all of a sudden not be interested in him. You've got a couple of players in Chicago that we don't know mm-hmm. what's happening there with Max Domi and Andre, Andre you Like, do you think they're going? Like, because it sounds a lot more like maybe Chicago's leaning on keeping them. 
at this point, I think Andreas Antonisiu is staying because he really hasn't produced that much in the last couple months. Um, he was doing well for a while and then cooled off, so I don't really know where his value is. Max Domi, I still go back and forth on. I really do think the Blackhawks like him, but I did read a report today that the Avalanche have inquired about Max Domi. So, and I know Kyle Davidson had mentioned I sign these players not to trade him. I actually really like the players that they are, but it is a business and I have to do my due diligence. So, I don't think he's going to force Max Domi out because I do think they like him. But I'm interested to see where this goes, though, because I really don't have a real clear direction, I don't think, or opinion on this either way if he stays or goes, because I see both making sense. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think there'll be a lot of interested parties in Max Domi. I think there'll be a lot of tire kicking, even if it's like Edmonton Oilers looking at this or Mm -hmm. a number of teams that are kind of like, man, we could really use somebody who could fit in our top six, top nine you know, can play wing and center. Like, I think that you got Bukestad out of Arizona. You've got, there's Anthony Duclair. Even Nick can, Schmaltz. Yeah, like there's a lot of names still on this board. Everybody's panicking that these guys aren't, uh, and who knows what's going on in Detroit, right? Jake Verana's back in the lineup, and he could be moved. Like, it's really going to be very interesting to see how much more action happens here and how the results of these games over the next couple of days changes What's going on? Because you got to remember, the Western Conference has still stayed relatively quiet. Mm-hmm. Like there yeah. has not been a lot of action um, with those teams. Edmonton making maybe the biggest splash today and and pulling some stuff out of the hat. But yeah, like there's a lot to go down here. So I have a feeling we'll be doing uh, another conversation here. Uh, just we'll to see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> may what maybe like I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if there's if there's as much action tomorrow as there was today. We'll probably end up having to talk again, but. If it's a little slower, maybe we'll pop things onto a two-day show or something. Um, <laughs> but either way, uh, thanks for coming on here and chatting about this. Uh, Got to keep up so we don't have to try to load it all into one really, really long show. Um, mm-hmm. But for everybody else, we appreciate you tuning in and sharing this with your friends. Put it on social media. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, Brooke, thank you very much again for doing it. Get back to the Chicago game. Hopefully, they can find a way to find some mojo here in the third period and not seem like they're walking through the motions of losing Patrick Kane today. Oh, I know. We're all feeling it. I don't blame them. (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys. And thank you very much for listening again. Uh, We'll talk to you in the next one. NHL Trade Talk, the podcast coming at you whenever there's a major trade to talk about. Take care, everybody.